talking about now. We are talking about a different movie this evening. Welcome to the Stories for Glory podcast, where we talk about the glory of God seen in the stories of man. This evening we're talking about the 2005 version, also known as the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. Isn't that when it came out? I mean, isn't that when the book was written? It was in 2005? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it. Right. That's all you know about Pride and Prejudice is Kira Knightley's in it. <laughs> Uh, directed by Joe Wright. Don't know anything about him. And, uh, yeah, it's the most, I think it's the most modernized version of Jane Austen's novel, right? I think so. I think so, too. Well, Caleb, what is the story about? Well, the story is about Elizabeth, who's kind of this, I don't know, I don't, the movie, I have not read the book, and don't plan to. Um <laughs> But from how the movie portrayed it, she seemed like she was kind of this independent, almost a little bit of a feminist, you know, in the 1800s. I don't know. Um, in rural England. Um, and a man named Mr. Darcy, who is awesome. We, Only because he makes 10,000 pounds a year. He makes 10,000 pounds a year, right. He, uh, and it's just this kind of this the struggle in their relationship she's acting the fool making all these assumptions about mr darcy and accusations and accusations and come to find out mr darcy's actually trying to do good do right and she doesn't ever get the whole story and so it's kind of this struggle i guess with their relationship through the movie um and i was, I was just gonna say on that yeah there's a bunch of different sub stories going on as well but it's really focusing on them and i think the idea is they're both proud and they both have prejudices and <gasps> in the end it's like the title of the movie right they kind of oh wow see past those things and they're like oh wow what a spoiler it's right yeah, there in spoiler the title. right kind of put it together as you watch it um i don't know that's i don't well, know if that's a great synopsis but well it's not just elizabeth and darcy who have pride and prejudice it's everybody everybody yeah there's not that's true well i guess I guess Darcy's probably the one who, if anybody didn't have Pride and Prejudice, it'd be Darcy, right? Right. Or he overcomes it. Or he, yeah, he changes. He and changes. It. And he, he lowers himself from his class system to marry a commoner. Somebody of inferior birth. Yeah. Right. Mr. Bingley wasn't really proud or prejudiced. He was just kind of an He's just a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to dance? We'll dance. <laughs> right. You want to drink? We'll drink. Kind of happy-go-lucky, yeah. yeah. Well, that, oh big red hair right so someone someone that's watched the movie or read the well or i should say read the book probably just gonna just butcher what i just said but that's you can email all of your complaints and i will forward them to caleb right <laughs> yes well it is a beloved story right uh, among christians right didn't you send like peter lightheart's it's favorite his favorite book jane austen oh. is one of his favorite authors favorite authors okay and you have to really like an author to write books about their books Yes. And he has. Kind of like writing books about Terrence Malick's movies. <laughs> yeah. You have to really like what they've written to do that. So. You've got to really like writing. It's probably burning off extra writing energy. Hey, I think I'll write a book about Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> right. About Jane Austen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Have you read the book, Greg? No, I think I listened to it. It was that memorable, huh? Yeah. No, I think I was trying to fit in at church, and 
That's what I told Caleb <laughs> yeah, earlier. Yeah, that's right. Peer pressure, and I thought, I have to listen to this. That's why I read it. Yeah. I was being pressured to. I remember in high yeah. school, um, our English professor, I was in, I was in AP literature. Ooh, I was, a, I was advanced placement. Wow. And we were assigned to read Pride and Prejudice, and I got a third of the way through it, and I told Mr. Crispin, my English teacher, I'm not finishing this book. <laughs> I, I did fine in class, passed the class, whatever. But he knew I didn't finish the book. And he said, well, read it again in your 30s and you'll appreciate it more. And then we're in the CREC now. And almost every man in the church at the time, one of their favorite books. And so I decided to read it. Still didn't like it. In my 30s. <laughs> I read it a couple years ago. So wait till your forties. Wait, wait, wait till I'm, right. I'm in my fifties. Right. Well, I mean, I do have to say we're not talking about the book tonight, but right, um, the book is very well written. I mean, it's a it's a fine story. It's just not something I would be drawn to. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned on the podcast before. Didn't grow up in a Christian home, and I remember I was like eight or nine, and my mom gave me a Stephen King book. You know, like, just the things that I like are not necessarily Jane Austen mm-hmm. but I know a lot of the men I respect like her in her books so that encourages me to read more was it Sense and Sensibilities another one right those uh, are six or seven books total yeah Jill's read them all about 15 times right and if, if it has that longevity and legacy right there's there's value there so mm-hmm. what is it in this story that appeals so much to women Mr. why do you Darcy. think women love this story when I watched the movie with my wife, every time Darcy was on the screen, she looked at me instead. <laughs> she just, Did she avert her gaze from the No, because screen? I reminded her of Darcy. Oh, I see. I'm making all that up. That's all fabricated. <laughs> no, I could see that. You do look like Mr. Darcy. The BBC version? I don't remember. I've never seen that one. <laughs> no, well, it was it Doug Wilson who said men, men like mission... So you give uh, Lord of the Rings, right? There's a mission. Bring the ring to Mount Doom. And all the men in the room are like, yes, let's watch that. Let's read that book. And then there's Pride and Prejudice, which is all about relationship. And all the women are like, yes, let's read that book. So men like mission, women like relationship. So what about men who like this book? What does that mean? The mission is the relationship. (laughs) That's... That's how I'm going to cover all the men in the church. I think, I think that's kind of true because the relationship becomes a big mission to uh-huh. accomplish. I mean, it's not simple. But I think that's what, what's attractive about what I refer to as the Jim Pam factor. Oh. All through the romance stories. A is, recurring theme on this podcast, the Jim yeah. Pam factor. Yeah, and that's what this is. Right? Oh, oh. Oh, they. Oh, they're well, they're getting together. Be... Oh, no, yeah. they're not. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Pulling on her heartstrings a little yeah. bit. So there's always that tension there, where the woman is watching the relationship, and the man is. Is he going to get her? Is he going to get her? Yeah. And at least in this, in the movie, I don't know about the book, but in the movie, Mr. Darcy really stands out in the relational front because it seems like every other relationship in that movie is just so dysfunctional so full of pride and prejudice yeah that they really are the worst they are yeah I, I, in my notes that's what i just kept saying these are the worst parents these are the worst men that's the worst pastor yeah is the worst militiamen right these guys are all guys and gals are all really bad mm-hmm. and corrupt and a lot of it has to do with gossip right yeah it's not controlling not taming the tongue right why do you think 
everyone in the movie had pride and prejudice. I didn't. Well, pride, like, we'll take Mrs. Bennett. Her pride was trying to be somebody she's not. She always wanted to be in a class above her station. And she would do anything to get there, even marrying her daughters off mm-hmm. to scoundrels because of how much money they make or what family they were born into. Mm-hmm. That's just a level of pride that's destructive. So, things like that. In, in, uh, in her situation, trying to move up the ladder, is that <clears throat> like a prejudice in reverse? Is, does it show a prejudice against people below her? Yes. Trying to move up? Right. It's not necessarily a bad thing to marry up. I mean, I did. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> we all did. It's not necessarily bad to marry up, but there's that scene where Mr. Collins, the pastor, asks Elizabeth's hand in marriage, and she tells her mom, who's saying, marry him, marry him, because he gets Miss Catherine's estate. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's one of the most notorious wealthy women in London. And she says to her parents, if I have to marry him, you'll never see me again. Like, if you force me to do this, our relationship is done. And the dad says, if you marry him, I'll never see you again. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. that's one shining moment for Mr. Bennett. Mm-hmm. Like, don't marry just because of station. Don't marry mm-hmm. just because of salary. And where the mom was didn't care. Mm-hmm. That's that. So the father, of course, wants it, like every good dad, wants their daughter to marry somebody who is well off to take care of them, to provide for her and for her children. We all want that. Mm-hmm. But what's more important, a righteous man or a wealthy man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, you saw that even when, uh, what's his name, Mr. Wickham? Right. He, you know, uh, he, I don't know the full details of what happened. I don't remember from the book either. So. Um, but basically it's this big s- scandal. And then Mr. Darcy comes in and, you know, sets things straight. Sets things straight, and it go, and it goes from this scandal we're ruined as a family, our names destroyed, mm-hmm. and instantly she like when it's removed, the scandal's removed. She's she can't wait to go tell her friends that she, her youngest she her is getting married. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just hypocrisy. I mean, she's thinking of all the people. Mrs. Bennett is thinking of all the people in her head. She needs to go tell right right away. Yeah, and it's not like a celebratory. Hey, my kids are engaged. Right, but she needs to show that. Her daughter's marrying up. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. I think Wickham gets financed, quote unquote, financed mm-hmm. by the Bennett's oh, extended family. So, Elizabeth's the, uncle. The uncle, right, that's right. So, he takes care of the annual money to, to care for that family. Wasn't I thought it was Mr. Darcy who. I thought it was the uncle. Because the daughter, the youngest daughter, goes to stay with uh, her uncle and aunt for the summer. Or for a couple weekends, and that's when she hooks up with Wickham and runs away with him. Okay. And to cover the scandal, the uncle puts forward a five thousand pounds or something a year. Hmm. Yeah. I thought it was the uncle. Maybe it was it Darcy. Could it could be. Somebody will correct seems us. Like, it seems like something Darcy would do. We need Jill right there. Jill, right? Come on, Jill. Yeah, seriously. She's probably put, taking care of kids. <laughs> something more glorious. Right. As far as the gossip that you were you were talking about, which besmirched Mr. Darcy that kind of uh, he's portrayed in the beginning as proud and prejudiced right he and is. it turns out in the end he's neither that's that's what I saw yeah, yeah everything that he was doing was actually for the what he thought was 
for the good of those his friends, those he cared about. It just yeah. comes out later. Yeah, there was he, no pride or. And it seemed that's all assumed. Yeah, it almost seems there are he definitely comes across proud, but in the end, he's more humble mm-hmm. than any of the other characters. Do you think the irony is that Elizabeth was the one who was proud and prejudiced against... Right, against Mr. Darcy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah. That's got to be something in the story. Well, without even talking to him, there was a scene, I'm paraphrasing, but you're, you're, you're the worst. All these people's lives are ruined because of you. I hate you. I never want to see you again. Mm-hmm. And she never even asked him about any of the situations he was involved in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, is, is that really how you feel about me? Remember, and then they're separated for a time, and he writes her a letter. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's, it's all just prejudice. It's all just assumed because of the gossip. Yeah, because Elizabeth is like her mom. And even after this, this girl, this woman way below him in social status corrects him, um, he shows that he's not proud or prejudiced because after she confronts him on stuff he's not guilty of he takes off and immediately tries to fix it mm. to return Mr. Bingley and yeah his sister her sister back together what was the other thing he did what was the other thing he was guilty of uh, the stuff with Wickham Mr. Wickham there was Wickham blamed him for all of his woes that's right but Darcy's actually the one who saved him from everything yeah so he, he took his father's inheritance right Wickham yeah and spent it all yeah right and then Darcy and then, I think got enough what did he do get him out of debt but he won't give him anymore mm-hmm. or something like that and yeah. Wickham he won't help me yeah mm-hmm. like, oh, turd <laughs> yeah I did appreciate <laughs> in the movie how uh, you can make something right by saying it, and that's something that's really not present in our culture right now. You know, so somebody saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Or somebody explaining the circumstances. Now you have half the story, so here's my side of the story. Mm-hmm. And just exp- just using words to make a situation right cannot happen in our, in our culture right now. Think like George Floyd or BLM's mostly peaceful riots, like or anything. Yeah, you know, you just there's no way you can make it right except by a pound of flesh. Mm. We're in a Christian society, you know, in in a gospel Jesus centered society. Even coming up to somebody and saying, "Will you forgive me?" Mm-hmm. and them saying, "Yes, I forgive you," makes it right. Right. So the power of words, the power of story, um, and I'm not saying there shouldn't be restitution where appropriate right but the ability to make a scenario correct just by speaking i thought was a refreshing thing to see in a story and christians should should be like slow to speak i think we were chatting about that with the school shooting last week and how you'd have podcasters a day after all this all the facts aren't even out yet and they're talking about it and they're Mm -hmm. you know and it's in the movie it's the same idea that if Elizabeth had just gotten the facts. There would have not been all this drama. Like she would have realized, wow, like Darcy yeah. really is a good man, but it takes this long, drawn out process because she's just mm-hmm. quick to listen and then quick to speak. 
Yeah. And Mr. Darcy just patiently puts up with her. You yeah. know, even when she's like just making these bold face accusations about Mr. Wickham or uh and it's just yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and Darcy's a man who's in control of his faculties. Yes. Because he's being blamed for a lot of stuff and he doesn't lose his cool. Uh-huh. And part of that, I appreciated that too because knowing that you're right ought to give you the conviction to stand against accusations. Mm. Like no matter, no matter how many people in the culture are saying you're a racist, if you know you're not, <laughs> you don't say sorry. Right? Don't cave in. And Darcy's the kind of guy who wouldn't cave in. Well, I'm not a racist. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've never done anything like that. And that kind of backbone and conviction is really a good, well, not just masculine, but it's a good Christian trait. Mm-hmm. If you're in God's favor, you know, you're not rebelling, you're not in sin, don't budge. No matter what anybody says. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that about Darcy. Because when he was accused of everything, he didn't lose his cool, fly off the handle. He didn't yell or scream back. Uh, he wrote a letter explaining everything. <laughs> yeah, uh, like that. That is far more fruitful than responding in like manner. Right. And that's something to be exhibited or manifest in Christians as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What 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 did he see in it? What was it about Elizabeth that he saw in her? Um, Karen Knightley's kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> Looks. That was it. He just, <laughs> just looks. He's a shallow guy. He's a very shallow. Well, I thought, I wrote in my notes that Darcy likes Elizabeth because she's not intimidated by him. Okay. You don't want a wife that cowers. Yeah. That's not what you want in a woman. You want her to be strong, but strong in the right ways. And Elizabeth, throughout the whole thing, she wasn't afraid of anybody. Even uh, Miss Catherine. Mm-hmm. She even stood up to her. A woman of inferior birth standing up to the woman of the most superior birth. Right. And uh, Elizabeth just didn't, kind of like Darcy in a way, didn't back down when she knew she was right. But like you said, she was too quick to speak. Right. She thought she was right. She thought she was right. She didn't have all the facts. And I don't think, uh, I think all the rest of the women chased after him Mm. in many ways, threw themselves in front of him, where she played... uh, I mean, she turned and went the other way. Right. Yeah, she was willing to let him go. So to him, that was probably attractive mm. because of what's different about this one? Right. More, yeah. more of the getting back to the men and the mission, that became a challenge to him. Yeah. Yeah, she didn't care about his 10,000 pounds. Yeah. Right. That didn't interest her at all. She wanted a good man. Then I think he could measure the value of her kind of like... Uh, Wait, uh, kind of like, what's wrong with you if you're trying to throw yourself at me? Uh, yeah. What am I missing here? Yeah, you're a Mrs. Bennett. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, right. Because I guess when I was watching it, I just she was just really annoying. Who, Elizabeth? Elizabeth, yeah. Like, what does he see in this person? Oh, really? I don't know. That was just, at least initially. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked her her transparency like her you know she was honest but yeah she seemed very independent 
And yeah, that would just be interesting. Maybe maybe I should watch the BBC to see how much different it is. Just or read, read the book, the book probably. I guess probably should just read the book. No. <laughs> like I said, if you just read a chapter a night, you'll get it done pretty quick. But was she like that in the book too? Like, is that a, a common Jane Austen character? Yeah. I don't know if it's a common Austen character because I've only read one book. So. Yeah, and I'm sure the book was supposedly much much better because this was Hollywood. A Hollywood version. Right. Aaron and I were fairly impressed that, is this a word? Hollywoodified? You know, so all these, I mean, they are pretty women. They are beautiful women. Mm -hmm. But they're not dressed up like Hollywood harlots. Right. So in a Victorian age like that, at a ballroom scene, you could really make it look. We know what we're selling. Mm -hmm. You know, low cut tops and whatnot. Right. But there just wasn't any of that. They didn't change the story to make it more licentious or add sexual encounters. I mean, it was in that regard. Are you yeah. sure Hollywood made that in 2005? <laughs> I wonder if they, they didn't have... take advantage of the women and the actresses in that regard. That's interesting. I wonder if they revere classical literature well, so much that they dare not profane holy writ. Well, I wonder way. who Joe Wright is, like the director. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know anything about him, but maybe he's from England and likes Jane Austen and wanted to do it right. Yeah, it could be. But most people, most purists, don't think that he did it right. I don't think this is very oh. many people's favorite. They like the BBC like one rendition of it. Yeah. Well, too bad. Well, I think. Let me check. What did it get? What was the like on IMDb? Yeah, I'll check. I know. The cinematography I, was really good. Oh, it's it was fantastic. a beautiful yeah. movie. Yeah. And the music. The soundtrack's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What am I looking for? Pride Prejudice. I like the soundtrack. I actually have like listened to the soundtrack at times on Spotify just because it's just piano. Yeah. piano. While you yeah. were taking a bath? So yeah, in the you tub. got it. <laughs> 7.8 out of 10 with almost 300,000 viewer ratings. That's pretty high. But what about the purists? Well, I don't know. What about the Austin? You want me to email Peter Layhart and see what he thinks? What did Peter think? (laughs) It's okay, but not as good as the BBC. And not as good as the book, probably, is what you'd say. Probably. I don't know. But But yeah, they they, they were all frumpy looking in a lot of ways. I mean, they didn't... I don't find Kira Knightley attractive anyways, but she looked especially homely in that one. I thought. Like, her hair was always just kind of like frazzled. Not covered. And she always had this weird smile-ish. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So, wow. that, yeah, that was good. You're she was mu- prejudiced. She was much more tomboyish. Yeah. yeah. Right. Really? There you go. Really? Huh. Well, I didn't think so. More so than the, the others. The animals and, you know, just yeah. she's walking through the mud. In the rain. Yeah. And, and everybody noticed the three inches of mud on her hem. Right. I didn't. When the, they say that in the movie. Oh, How many you, inches? Three inches. Did you see the three? three inches of mud on her? Oh, three. three. Symbols. Well, I don't remember if they said that. But everyone did care about how much things cost. Everybody always commented oh. on how much everything cost. That's that pride then coming out. Hmm. How much was this? How much was that? Hmm. The, the movie made me think about things that we should probably talk about because you have kids one of them getting married soon mm-hmm. you have kids hopefully not getting married soon no, no. and I have kids younger than your kids 
Boys and girls, both. And so we should probably talk about boys and girls and what this movie or book, if you read that, can teach us about, as Christians, what we would expect for boys and girls to be like. One of the questions I had in watching this movie, kind of like what you asked, what about Elizabeth makes Darcy attracted to her? And likewise, what about Darcy makes Elizabeth attracted to him? Hmm. And then maybe we could talk about that or just skip it (laughs) and talk about what should Christian men be attracted to two and a Christian woman and the and vice versa. Because mm-hmm. I think that that'd be beneficial. Especially as Greg who's in his seventh decade. Mm-hmm. Getting old. <laughs> well you've married off a couple of your daughters. Mm-hmm. And so it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on suitors. <laughs> well and what you would like your daughters to pursue. Because my my oldest is seven, my oldest daughter. And I have I have ideas. Right, but I haven't been through it yet. Hmm. So that'd be kind of in, that would be interesting to me and maybe our listeners as well. So what would we can talk about Darcy and Elizabeth, of course, in this. But what would what should a young Christian gal be attracted to in a young Christian man? Maybe I'll I'll start. Is ten thousand pounds out of consideration, or should that be a consideration? I think it should be a consideration, but not the consideration. Yeah. Expand. Well, if if someone has ten thousand pounds, well, maybe in Mister Darcy's case, not so much. I guess he could have blown it like Mister Wickham, but you need a man who's able to make something of himself and show that he can provide provision. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole point of the bride price right was proving okay you've got some moxie you're able to take care of a family right so but yeah now it's been flipped around where everyone just views the money selfishly for oh mm-hmm. what can i get right. how is this going to make my life wonderful mm-hmm. yeah and i think it shows quite often it shows character someone able to and again, Mr. Darcy probably inherited his, but it seems he managed it well. Mm-hmm. But it shows some character to be able to accumulate ten thousand pounds, however that, however much that is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but know. Conversion rates. It sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, pounds are different over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. yeah. Well, are there aspects of Mr. Darcy? So if you watch this movie or read the book with your daughter and you were looking at Mr. Darcy objectively and you said, hey, hun, there's aspects of Mr. Darcy that are approved, like the things you should be chasing. What would they be? So when you encounter a young guy at NSA, these are the things I want you to be looking for. Is it for a good man? Mm -hmm. What would you put in the list? Is it very loyal? It seemed like it, to those that he cared about, he was an incredibly loyal person. His sister, uh, his friend, Mr. Bingley. Bingley. Yeah. Like, Even if they're turds. Right. <laughs> like he, I mean, so there's, I think that's a, he didn't seem like he was a fair weather type person. Right. He was pretty slow to speak. 
he didn't his emotions he did, he was the opposite of all, all the other characters who seemed like they were ruled by their emotions in some form or fashion he ruled mm-hmm. his emotions I mean when she's you know busting his chops for all these false accusations he doesn't really re- retaliate so I, th- I think women want to see that I think that's what's probably attractive is Darcy's not emotional like 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 them like, like them. <laughs> Who's them? So you're saying men and women are like magnets, opposites attract. Well, in certain ways. In certain ways, I mean, not not every, not well, all women are hyper hyper emotional, but I mean, well, Darcy's not acting like Mrs. Bennet. Right, exactly. I mean, he's she, not a gossip. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How do you mean he didn't react? Do you mean he didn't go into a rage and yell at her? And right. Tell her, you're he didn't. He didn't pull the. Oh yeah. Well. He didn't react in kind. Right, he he wasn't reactionary in the same way like she was. I, at least I didn't see it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah, it was no, that yeah. scene there in the rain or something. Mm-hmm. And but he very firmly told her, oh, "I'm sorry, I wasted your time," and right turned around and walked off. So that's a reaction. Right, but he wasn't saying, reactionary. Like, right, yeah. explosive. Yep. So loyal. I would. At the ball, um, again, I, I pictured the females. Everybody wanted to. I mean, Mrs. Bennett wanted her daughters. What was the oldest ones? Mary, Jane, Jane. You know, Austin, I Jane Austen. I pictured him impervious to the flattery of all the women there. Hmm. Right. Yeah. And a lot of guys would fall for that. Right. Yeah. 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 Certainly. And play with it. And oh, you're look. You're actually looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there, I bet. Oh, sure. The cute girl looking at you, you're like, hey, hi. Like a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact that he doesn't dance is a good thing. Yeah. Oh, know. come on. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. <laughs> you no, can I... you can dance without getting involved in the drama and the gossip, I suppose. Although the dancing was part of the relationship. <laughs> Tears, right? Who did you dance with? How long did you dance with them? It's like, oh, mm. come on. I, was it high school? I, I grew up not allowed. I wasn't allowed to go to dances. Sorry. Uh, now you I'm, attend a church that has an annual dance. Yeah. Which, can we take a pause and say thank you, Jonathan and Grace? Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. That our Reformation dances are way better than Pride and Prejudice balls. Continue. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. <laughs> no, the, the, no, I know, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I missed out on because uh, oh. I'm white and... Have no, I can hardly clap and sing. You know, yeah, so. <laughs> I, I have a principle when it comes to dancing, and it might just, it might not actually play out in reality, but I like to think so. That if I'm out on the dance floor, then other men will feel more confident to come out because they're not as bad as me. Does that make like I can't oh. be as bad as that guy? <laughs> and then they go out there with their girl and they dance. So that's what. And my wife likes to dance. So oh, we that's, dance. That's why they call you low bar. Low bar. <laughs> I don't get it. You set such a low bar. Oh, right. Yeah, everyone's way better than me. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I I would set that bar pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> to just have the same mindset as I do then. Right. Just do it for the other guys. Do it for the other guys. Yeah. I thought he he set himself apart as kind of like he wasn't going to join... Like you had said, boy, that reminds me of high school with all that drama. Yeah, all the drama. Kind of like he was the one of the few adults in the room. Mm-hmm. 
when he stood off to the side and didn't join in the He's fray of tall, dark, and handsome. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little chest hair coming out. Yeah, RBF. Much of the movie. I don't know what that means. Uh, Return by Friday. A resting, ornery lady face. Oh, right. A resting, ornery lady face. Got it. RBF. Yes. Yeah, you just you just. Very stoic looking, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But we don't like stoicism. Stoic, not stoicism. <laughs> we don't like stoics either. I'm stoic. Well, I know, and I'm trying. You to, don't like. I'm me. trying to break you of that Dutch mold. I see. Because it is like mold it stinks. <laughs> Maybe we should have an open wine on stoicism. <laughs> stoicism is different it, than being stoic. There's a resurgence of very stoic very. philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Peterson type stuff. Any, never mind. Different topic. <laughs> right. We're talking about Darcy and aspects of good Christian men. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did we see in Darcy throughout the whole movie? He's honest. Yeah, and the the efforts he went through to fix, even though she falsely accused him, he had done it out of good intentions mm-hmm. to break off the relationship. How he was reading it, but he went to great lengths mm-hmm. to fix that mistake. Yeah, yeah, right. He also exemplifies the right kind of humility. <clears throat> I think there's a false sense of humility in today's culture right. that you just have to always say sorry, or yeah. you know, he could, I've been in churches where that that quality is overemphasized mm-hmm. in such a bad way that you can just tell it's fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christ- Christians are not a doormat. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So, I the, think... The sins of the world are not necessarily our sins. Right. Even if we get blamed for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like uh, kind of along the same lines of it's used so much it becomes fake. Mm-hmm. Kind of along the same lines of somebody who tends to lie a lot that, so they always say, I swear, I swear, I swear I'm telling the truth, I swear. Right. And eventually it's like, why do you have to... So the same with a person. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. 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 It's like, yeah. well, if you use it so cheaply, then you're probably you're, not sorry. You're probably not. Yeah. Your apologies have become habit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he's strong in the right ways. He's loyal. He's certainly generous. Mm-hmm. He uses his wealth to benefit others. Uh, he's in, when I think about the fruits of the spirit, he's self-controlled. Oh, yeah. He's not very joyful, though. He's patient, though. So we, I, when I was watching it with my wife, I said, if, if Bingley and Darcy, if you combine those two characters into one character, the joy, uh, the joviality, the dancing of, of Bingley, just enjoying the moment, being able to do that, uh-huh. uh, and the objectivity of Darcy of the moment, you could certainly dance and not partake of the drama. I think that would be the ideal. But I know we, talking in ideals isn't always reality. So, mm-hmm. no, that's a good point. But so mm-hmm. okay, so those are some aspects of we would say of good godly men. And of course, if Darcy talked about Jesus, that would have been good. <laughs> uh, what about women? What should men, Christian men, be attracted to? I mean, you thought Elizabeth was eh. homely, homely, homely and uh, tomboyish just, and whiny. Well, no, so I don't know if you said whiny. It was what, with it being May thirty first, uh, reading my Proverbs a day, as in the Proverbs thirty one woman, 
and here's an example. Um, oh, where was it at? I just lost it. Well, it's in Proverbs 31, I bet. Yeah, it's all in 31. Um, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So that's an example of something that Elizabeth was not. Um, <laughs> she laughed. No, we're talking about what we want. <laughs> oh, right. So, so that, so, so she played the fool a lot, and so the, the opposite of that, right? The opposite of well, what we just read there is part of it. Her mouth is full of wisdom. When mm-hmm. she opens her mouth, it's wisdom, and wisdom, you know, starts with the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. Yeah. Um, so those are qualities, and if right. you fear the Lord, you're not a gossip. Yeah. Do you think she was a gossip, Elizabeth? Oh, there was. I think there was. She believed it at least. Yeah, she believed it, and I mean, she would share things, wouldn't she? Well, she believed it, and she acted upon it. Yeah, she. I mean, do you think that's gossip if it's not in conversation? But if you believe something false about somebody, I guess I'd have to. I'd probably have to watch it again. But I remember the scene with her and Jane in the same bed under the sheets giggling mm-hmm. about the boys they were dancing with. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about Bingley and Darcy. And uh, yeah, I don't remember verbatim, mm. you know, what she said about Darcy. But it was like, okay. I hope I never have to see him again. I wouldn't want to dance with him. Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you have a mother like that, it just seems like there's gonna be, you're it's gonna, gonna rub off. you're gonna have tendencies, you know, which is why she needs a man like Darcy to kind of help um, refine those, smooth know, off those rough edges. Those rough edges, yeah. Well, I, I wrote that in my notes. Elizabeth needs a husband because mm-hmm. the dad, he's got certain good qualities. The dad, but he's also abdicating, mm-hmm. and the mom is just a monster. And mm. Elizabeth, in a certain way, is a wild. Not what we would consider in 2022 as wild, of course. <laughs> but it, in a certain context, she's she's different than all the other women. She's uh, steadfast, steadfast, headstrong, stubborn, you know, fill in the gap. Mm-hmm. She's wild in that sense, and what she needs is a husband to help tame her in a certain way. A good husband, not a, a not yes, a, a good husband, right. right? Well, a good a good husband with a strong hand. Uh huh. That wouldn't be so. She's not intimidated by anybody else, but she also needs to learn to be submissive to somebody who's not intimidated by her. Mm. And that—that's Darcy. Yeah, he's the only one in the story that fits that bill. But we weren't talking about that. We were talking about good qualities. Good qualities, <laughs> right? We keep getting sidetracked. Sorry. And of course, yeah, it well, is a Hollywood story. So of course it works out great in the end. It works out great. She does submit to his well, uh, she gets strong to Darcy hand. Well, she gets ten thousand pounds a year and gets <laughs> to live in a castle. Just yeah. with that house. Yeah, that house is pretty sweet. Yeah. I think the Surprise. the other direction a story like that could go would be towards the McClintock direction, which we already covered. Right. It's not good to abuse your wife. Well, assuming. <laughs> Assuming it physical, uh, and Elizabeth and Darcy lived happily ever after. Assuming it doesn't go that direction, it could go more McClintock and whatever her face was. I can't remember now. Mrs. McClintock. Yeah, McClintock. <laughs> right. Katie. Katie. Oh, that's right, Katie. They yeah. want a divorce. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else is a 
is a good quality so, in a woman. In that movie. I, we're trying to talk about good qualities that we saw in Elizabeth <clears throat> no, in, in the movie. Or like, like, what would you tell your sons right. to look for? And I think you're right, especially based on the movie. Oh, this is a good quality, and Elizabeth didn't exhibit that. Right. So it was hard to see. There, I didn't see a whole lot of, at least initially, a whole lot of positive qualities in the women. I think I put that in there. Like, all these people are just pathetic, like, on so many different levels, in different ways. But Even they Jane? All... What was wrong with Jane? Well, nothing was wrong with Jane. Well, I suppose. She whined, but who wouldn't? Yeah. Being spurned by the man you want to marry. Yeah, I guess Jane wasn't. But I, I don't think, I don't know that, I don't know. Yeah, have to watch it again and focus more on Jane. Well, they were always just, I mean, Jane was yeah. just sitting around in her parlor, fanning herself. You know, I, I think you do want a, a woman that's hardworking for the right, you know, in the right direction. Yeah. For, yeah. The right, for the right causes. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm very thankful about that with my wife, like that. Mm-hmm. She worked her tail off around the house, like. Right. Mm-hmm. And you didn't see that with a lot of those women. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think I would want my sons to pursue in a, in a good godly woman. We've talked about you know how Darcy wasn't reactionary, but it goes the other way too. So if a lady hears gossip, mm-hmm. don't be re- don't automatically believe it, mm-hmm. right? Don't be reactionary to the words that you hear. You need to test them. You need to find out if they're true, right? Before you even decide to act on any of it. Yeah. You know, this same. It goes just across the board. Like elders in the church, somebody brings an accusation against them, you could immediately jump to, "We need to remove them from office." It's like, well, you didn't even listen to the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know what's going on. You get half. You get half the evidence. And uh, Elizabeth, like you said, Elizabeth doesn't exhibit that. So I would want my sons to look for a lady who's tempered. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she's emotionless. But she guides her emotions in the right direction. She's not swayed by the crowd. Yeah. I think that'd be... That, I mean, yeah. that's just yeah. maturity. And, and she kind of exemplified that a little bit. I mean, it was just unfortunate that she was listening to all those stories. But she did seem like she went to... Contrary to... I don't know. Yeah. No, I agree. Sorry, no. you're going to say something, right? No, yeah. The, the emotions in a woman are a very important factor in her. Right. But there's... Like Mrs. Bennett, her emotions ruled her. Right. And mm-hmm. where, well, I think, Joan, what you're talking about is the woman rules her emotions. Right. Like Rich Strike, mm. the horse. You want a horse with great speed, but mm. if, the, if the jockey can't control the speed... Yeah. And the, that's not just a masculine trait. You know, to have control of your emotions. Controlling your heart is just... Discipline in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Right? Recognizing who you are and your sinful tendencies uh, and controlling controlling the tongue by controlling the heart. Mm-hmm. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. Right? And you want Christian boys ought to be looking for a girl who can control her heart. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that is a great quality. Yeah, you're right. And then the other direction too. Right, um, yeah. yeah. And Darcy is one that we would say... He was in control of his faculties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Darcy's kind of the hero of the movie. Yeah, it's, don't get mad at us, feminists. Yeah. I didn't write the book. And I think that goes back to the irony of the title, where he's portrayed as the proud and prejudiced. He's one. portrayed that way, right? Assumed to be. And yeah. turns out, he's 
the noble one. He's the humble. He's surrounded by, well, especially Elizabeth was proud and prejudiced. Uh huh. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're we're going. I didn't think we'd go this long on Pride and Prejudice. The I didn't movie, want to go this long on. Yeah, well, there's more we could talk about. Like what? What else? Char- like, I have my notes. Charlotte oh, yeah. being married to be taken care of, mm-hmm. rather than romantic, fall, falling head over heels. That sounds very cold and mechanical. Yeah, could sometimes be. could be to just marry a guy out of desperation because <laughs> not desperation. She wasn't desperate. Here. She was still living at home. That's right. Utilitarian. Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it wasn't necessarily desperate, but she was planning. She she looked at the situation she was in and saw, I'm not of great means. I'm getting older. I'm not a yeah. a beautiful. I'm plain. Plain, yeah. Which, I mean, she wasn't. <clears throat> you know, like, she's a fine-looking gal. Like, she just looked like all the other women. Yeah, she's like all the other women. Yeah, Caleb understand. thought she was ugly, too. Oh, yeah. I think he thought She's very tomboyish. <laughs> the only one I think is beautiful is my wife. <laughs> just like I'm the only one she thinks is handsome. Uh, all right. Except for my sons. Yeah, so Charlotte, Elizabeth's best friend. We won't talk about... Co- that is a whole other discussion, Collins. Caleb, Caleb and I are going to talk about the pastor in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go to the bathroom and stay in there. But Charlotte marries, and she admits to be taken care of. And, mm-hmm. and I wrote in my notes, is that wrong? And I wrote no, mm-hmm. not necessarily. Because that's, that's different in my mind than what Mrs. Bennett's up to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this young lady, who's older than the other ones, this is my opportunity to have a family. And to make sure they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And uh, if she obeys the commandments of Jesus, she will love her husband. Mm-hmm. Right? And we have a very, because of Hollywood and individualistic romantic notions, we have a understanding in our culture that the only true meaningful things are those that strike the heart. Mm-hmm. Romantic. Only take your... Only take your husband to bed if it's a romantic evening. Mm-hmm. Only only follow those who make the butterflies in your stomach. I remember in college I had a friend who broke up with his girl. She was a great gal. Everybody chastised him for breaking up with her. Like, you're an idiot. And his reason was, the butterflies in my stomach were gone. Mm. Oh. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're, you're 20. Right. Grow up. <laughs> like this. And, uh... But there's that notion where everything needs to be romantic, emotionally involved, positively like that. Where if, let's just, well, if your kids are listening, you might want them to turn away. But is there a moment in a marriage where sex can simply be utilitarian? Or does everything have to be romantic? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking at both of you. Oh. You're, you're nodding your heads. <laughs> But no, you're not I saying didn't, anything. I did not nod my head. I, I nodded my head. Yeah. So time with sex has to be romantic. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> well, it's yes and yes. Right. Right? It, there's, there isn't a necessity of... You read in scripture, Paul says, don't deprive one another. Yeah. It doesn't say make sure every time you have sex with your wife, it's a romantic... It follows a romantic candlelit dinner. Yep. There's just nothing like that. I'm not saying romantic candlelit dinners are bad. You should have more of them. Yeah. Make sure it's good food. But the utilitarian aspect of just living life, 
mm-hmm. you know, 100 years ago, having kids was utilitarian. Mm-hmm. We have to have kids to keep this farm. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. There's no birth control in the... This is another open line we should... E-R-E-R. Yeah, I know. We're going way off. The, the purpose of birth control and bringing in the aspect of luxury and leisure to childbearing mm-hmm. is just simply brand new in history. Mm-hmm. Nobody had that option. Because if you didn't have kids, your farm would fail. Mm-hmm. Your li- your household would end. You know, you'd be done. Mm-hmm. Nations would collapse. Children, yeah, <clears throat> nations would collapse. Cities would fall apart. Having children was utilitarian. And it didn't always stem from romantic evenings. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Same thing with marriage. You're married because if you're single or a widow, you're dead in the street. Mm-hmm. You know, Ruth goes to Boaz in the book of Ruth because she needs to be taken care of. And Boaz just happens to be a fantastic guy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the purpose of the marriage doesn't say anything about romantic notions. Mm-hmm. Ruth goes to Boaz because he's the man to provide. And it's praised. So when I saw Charlotte and Elizabeth was chastising her, I was kind of like, you know, shut your yammer. Right. Who are you? You know, you don't get to say that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to unzip my jacket quietly. I see that. Keep talking. Oh, I, well, I, I think I said enough. Just read the book of Ruth. You want to know what a good Christian man looks like? Follow Boaz. You want to know what a good Christian woman looks like? Follow Ruth. Get married, have babies. Yeah. Oh, and? Baptize your children. Thank you. <laughs> and fight. Uh, I mean, <laughs> feast. You didn't mention the feast. We do a whole lot of feasting, actually. We should probably fight some more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the romanticism in life in general, even for guys, the, the oh, I need this, uh, every, you know, everyone's looking for their soulmate. It's stopped. <laughs> everyone's looking for their soulmate, and every guy is looking for the perfect vocation that he is, yeah. you, know, you know, destined for, where, well, maybe it's, you're supposed to do what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And do it faithfully. Yeah. Yep. And let's see what happens in thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that notion for a lot of kids in high school. Well, I want to find the perfect, you know, the right one that God set aside for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, you get married, and that's the one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's right. not not like a you're walking through the world, and then all of a sudden, oh, the one that's lit up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the girl walking down the street with the light from heaven beaming down on her is yours. Mm-hmm. No, you, you find a girl who loves Jesus, you raise a family, you, you learn to love her, you learn to sacrifice for her. And when you think about Jesus, because marriage is a picture of Jesus in the church, Jesus married a hag. We're, we're, we're not Elizabeth Bennett. We're not even, we're not even as good looking as Charlotte. Right? We're, we're the hag with the warts on her nose, and Jesus married us. And he loves us fully and completely, and we're the ones who are learning to love him in response. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's glorious. And that ought to be a picture of marriage in this world mm-hmm. between husband and wife too. Because mm-hmm. when you do get married, you realize you married a sinner. Right. Right, honey. <laughs> and we all got warts. And learning to love them as Christ loves the church is what grows you up in maturity. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the yeah the romanticism, it's back to the fulfilling of oneself. Yeah, it's selfish. Yeah, mm-hmm. not all romanticism. 
candlelit dinners are nice, but always seeking the romantic fulfillment from the other person. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. You have to provide romantic notions to me. Yeah. That's a... Are you... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Make sure and, I'm understanding you. Yeah. Right. And that's what you see out of that. It must be after <laughs> when this literature was written, but we're talking about the movie, so... It doesn't matter when the book was written. But I thought the movie the movie kind of headed that direction because it was recently made out of Hollywood. It was all about, I thought it was kind of the romantic ending where, yeah, mm-hmm. but it was yeah, the, the lighting, the, the music, all that stuff was, yeah. Mrs. Darcy, five times and kisses her each time. There is a, a notion of where marriage is no longer covenant, of course, in our culture, but contract. I'm willing to stay in this relationship as long as you keep giving to me. When you quit giving to me, I'm going to break break the contract. Where covenant is the other way around. Right. Covenant is I'm going to I'm going to give to you. In sickness or in health, life or death. Yeah, you're mine. I'm yours. I'm going to give to you, richer or poorer. Hmm. And our culture's notion of marriage is highly romantic, of course, and completely perverted, but also contractual. Hmm. I'm in it for what you give to me. Yep. I get what you're saying. But we can break covenant with God. Right. That's... Yeah, by refusing his gifts. Yeah. Right. We refuse what he's given, and that breaks covenant. Yeah. Yeah, but I understand what you're saying. People go in looking to be fulfilled and satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you don't get those warm fuzzies anymore, it's done. Yeah. yeah. Right. What else you got in your notes? Oh, why Collins is the worst? Oh, that's right. We got to talk you about the oh, right. pastor. Well, are we going to make this the longest episode? This is really... <laughs> Joel might appreciate that. This is on Pride and Prejudice. Why is Collins the worst? He's the shortest man in the room. He is short. Which okay. is me right now. Oh. The pastor. Dang it! <laughs> well, I asked my wife, so <laughs> Collins is the pastor... And he's a sniveling, selfish dweeb. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I asked my <laughs> wife, jokingly, "Honey, do I, do I remind you of Will, of Collins?" And she says, "Oh no, he's richer than me." <laughs> <laughs> That's romantic. It was highly yes. I, I looked away, red faced. But I thought that was very clever of her. It was pretty funny. And there, there are no uh, Jane Austen had a religious background yeah from as far what as i understand yeah. why is why is mr darcy not the pastor of the the area why is he'd the be pastor, a good pastor yeah he would be why is the pastor the the dweeb sniveling i wonder well you know if you can't have it if you can't have a vocation if you can't have a job if you can't be a blue collar laborer be a pastor. Yeah. Then you only know. you only work one day a week. Is that what you're gonna you, say? Yes. Oh, I stole it from you. You beat me to it. You only work one day a week. <laughs> well, that is a lot of people's assumptions. Well, I couldn't imagine Collins walking into the darkness of somebody's life and helping them. Yeah. You, right. you listen because he even gives a sermon in the movie. And you're right. just like, oh. This is... <laughs> It's like, if my wife died, I still wouldn't want him to come over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no. I'll yeah. be fine without you. Right. Collins, you're the worst. Yeah, he was. Yep. But he, why was he the worst? 
Yeah, just his character. He's very self-centered. Mm-hmm. It was all about him. Even his pastoring. He, he kind of, who, who was the guy from the Green Mile that we all Percy? hated? Percy. Kind of remind me of oh, Percy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right, yeah. He did kind of, he's the yeah. pastor Percy. Yeah. Just, Selfish. you just saw him and you're just like, man, I, don't I hate like you. That guy. <laughs> and I should like you. I should, you know, I should like you. Man of the cloth. <clears throat> but, yeah, it is interesting that they portrayed him as such a weaselly, no one respects him type mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, that wasn't the culture back then, was it? Well, I'm sure there, there's always been bad pastors, I assume. Yeah. I mean, if I were to ask around this table who's met a bad pastor, we'd all raise our hands. Yeah, I guess that's true. Just don't look at me when you raise your hands. <laughs> <laughs> but that reminds me of what I was going to say about Charlotte when you were saying okay. marrying out of utility is great. I didn't say it was great. I said it was is, is it's ideal? not wrong. Did it's, you say it's ideal? It's no, not, I said it's not wrong. It can be right. <laughs> no, but... But yes, it can be. But we certainly have to caution the woman who's marrying for utilitarian purposes. You're going to be stuck with this guy the rest uh-huh. of your life. Yeah. So still right. choose wisely. Wasn't it like... And pray for Jesus to work on him. Was it Luther that intentionally tried to marry... Was it was his wife's name Rachel? I can't remember. He tried Katie. to find Katie. Catherine von Catherine. Braun. Catherine. Yeah. I, I remember this because a friend of mine in Kansas City told me that because he was thinking about trying to find a wife and he's like I think Luther just like went and found the like most unattractive woman he could find to marry her to teach mm-hmm. him how to like to learn how to love it's like I don't think you have to go that route like no she's yeah. a fantastic lady though in church history oh yeah read about her yeah no I think that's tempting God right. to purposely try and marry the ugliest girl you can find <laughs> right and I remember him I remember some of the ones that he was like thinking I was like Man, like you're saying, you're stuck with that person because it's covenant, mm-hmm. you know, for the rest. Yeah, you of your don't life. get to break it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should we should probably bring this to a close. <laughs> may May I? Yes. If you're a young Christian man, find a girl who loves Jesus more than she loves you. If you're a young Christian gal, find a guy who loves Jesus more than he loves you. If you're looking for a church, find a pastor who loves Jesus more than he loves you. And money. <laughs> and you'll be okay. That sounds right? pretty good, yeah. Because if the peoples in any of those scenarios love Jesus first, you may live through hard, very hard circumstances, but they'll turn out well in the end. Mm-hmm. Here and now or in the life to come. So, Would you guys like to rate the movie? Um, yeah, I think that's what we got to do next. What we have to do next. Go ahead, Greg. Um, well, was the what up? Cinematography was good. Um, the story, the story is actually I'm a good story. You're like a child. Um, uh, my daughter loves the movie, owns the movie. She is she looking very, for her Darcy? Very excited to watch it again. Um, I'd give it three out of five. Um, pig <laughs> testes. <laughs> Cajones. Huevos. Cajones. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Thank you. You're welcome. Three out of five. Pig cojones. Pig cojones. They, they gave. They're bigger than you heads. 
they were, you know, and they gave way more screen time to him than they should have. Uh, I don't dislike the movie. I actually, yeah. when you know, Jill likes it enough, so I don't not want to watch it with her. I wouldn't go watch it by myself. I don't think. But well, I give it just a solid 80, 80 out of 100. Is that, is that my grade or is it B? No, a B? It'd be a B minus. B minus. Yeah, you're the B, you're the lighter yeah. grade. Yeah. It's enjoyable. I mean, I like Mr. Darcy more and more every time I watch it. Right. <clears throat> and I think that's I think that's the intent. I'd be re- I I should chat chat with you more about it, or just other other people. If that's if that's the goal. That's the Ask idea. her. If- she wants you to be more like him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can grow up my chest hair a little bit more. <laughs> you just concentrate. <laughs> Flex a little. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. thought it was enjoyable. Not my favorite. Like Caleb, you said you wouldn't just go and, hey, I think I want to watch Bright and Prejudice. But if my wife had said, hey, you want to watch Bright and Prejudice? Sure. And I'd watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, not much that's objectionable in it because it's not celebrating gossip. It's not celebrating pride or prejudice. It's pointing them out, you know, saying, hey. And I thought, thinking through the characters of the movie, who who do I relate to the most? Which I only thought after I thought, who's my favorite? So I thought, who's my favorite? And Mr. <laughs> Bennett was my favorite. And I thought, is that because I relate to him the most? Oh. Mm. So it'd be a good character study. Yeah. You know, who who are you most like? And then go, oh no. So I think it, it's enjoyable in that regard. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, those are our thoughts. Anything else? No, I think huh? that's it. All right, well, go watch, enjoy Pride and Prejudice. Watch it with your family. Your kids won't get it, but your wife will. Yep. See you next time. Proverbs 25 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.